Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. All right, Cam, we got some SART cuts. Uh, what, what is cut number one we're about to hear right here? This is from yesterday's post-practice Zoom, by the way, with Sark. Yeah, so this is Sark talking about um, how many games Arch Manning will start. No, okay, this is actually about <laughs> Quinn Ewers and the development of Quinn in both him and Alfred Collins. Yeah, um, I think um, I th- a couple of things from Quinn. I think Quinn had a really good winter conditioning kind of offseason. Um, I think he got himself in really good shape. Um he definitely feels more comfortable. Um, it, it, you can almost uh, a sense of, you know, he's throwing the ball very naturally, very comfortably. Um, you know, I think from a decision-making standpoint, the reads are just happening that much quicker, uh, that much more decisive. I think the management of our style of offense, right? The, the shifts, the motions, the tempos, the, the varying tempos, all those things of, of handling that aspect of the game, I think you're seeing growth. I think it just looks like a guy who's in year two and is growing into year two of, of, of the, from a comfort level. Not perfect, and, and I don't expect him to be perfect right now. I mean, we challenge him every day, and the defense is challenging the offense every day, and we're putting new things in. There's some things we're looking at that, that maybe we haven't decided. Are we going to put and have as – a part of our offense. And so that can be challenging on a quarterback because there's some newness to, to what we're doing. But at the end of the day, I just think his comfort level, uh, but also I think his, his intent, right? I mean, he, he was very intentional this off season of getting himself in a, in a, in a really good space physically and mentally. Um, and I think it's showing um, throughout the first eight practices. I think Alfred um, has taken another step. Right. Um, you know, we, we talked a lot about Alfred a year ago about it wasn't about the talent. It was about the consistency in the play and his style of play. And when Alfred plays that way, which he's doing right now, where he's consistent at the point of attack, he can use his length. He has great athleticism. He can close on the ball. Um, and and he, when he plays really violent like he's doing right now, he's a he's a real problem. And uh, I think that we've seen that here the first half of spring from him. All right, let's work backwards. The Alfred Collins bit, that's exactly what I want to hear from Alfred Collins. He uh, chalked him up again, kind of like David Benda in that uh, intriguing player category, and both of them for, for different reasons. We talked about David Benda earlier in the week as maybe having that John Harris-type season but on defense for Texas, do we know how good Alfred Collins is? We know the raw tools. We've seen the flashes. Can you get it consistently? And if you get it consistently, there's no question Sark is right. That's not that's not him blowing smoke. You, dude, he's a difference maker. If you get that splash play ability on those splash plays, instead of being few and far between, are more frequent, and he is just a down-to-down consistent football player, he's, he's one of your probably two or three truly impact guys. On that side of the ball, there's no no doubt in my mind. And again, the big I mentioned this yesterday. The big question for me with the defensive line, it's not can Devondre Sweat and Byron Murphy be what Keandre Coburn and Mora Wajomo were last year. It's can Alfred Collins and Vernon Broughton give you what Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy gave you last year? Can they do that this year? That's the big thing for me in terms of this defensive line really truly being able to talk about talk about talent depth. It's the, the Michael Scott scene from The Office where he says, yes, thank you. That's that's what we talked about yesterday in Longer Notebook. was yeah. about Alfred Collins, and we, we already know what he can do. It's can he do it consistently. I just want to know what their plans are for him in terms of what shade he's playing. And, and, 
And if you know if he's playing multiple shades and having success, then that means the football IQ part of it will be there for him along with the talent. Uh, you know, if he's playing just one shade and this is working, then maybe that's all it was. Maybe he just needed to focus on one thing and do that one thing well. Uh, the Quinn Ewer stuff, Cam, doesn't really surprise me at all. I mean, you go out to practice, you watch him, even the little bits that we've gotten to see, he just looks like a guy that understands what he's doing. It's it's the diff like the difference between Quinn and Arch now was the difference between Quinn and Hudson Card at this time a year ago. Hudson Card looked like a guy that understood the system, understood the flow of practice, just looked more comfortable. Whereas Quinn was the guy trying to figure everything out. Now Quinn is the guy that's had a full year in the system, understands the flow of practice, understands what Sark and AJ Mill we want, and Arch is the guy trying to figure out how everything functions, how everything works. So it's just it's just a comfort level deal with Quinn and. I mean, as good as we've heard Jonte Cook and A.D. Mitchell and DeAndre Moore have been, I, I think just putting more weapons around Quinn, you know, and, and this kind of goes back to another thing I talked about earlier this week, Sark figuring out kind of what makes him tick, what concepts, what things within the frame, within his offense can you go to to really get Quinn in the rhythm, really get him established, build his confidence. I think that's the kind of stuff you start working on this spring now that the, the baseline fundamental stuff is in just in terms of knowing the offense. I know when we talk about fundamentals with Quinn, you know, I know it, it goes back to footwork, but, you know, we talked about something on the Longhorn Blitz this week that really made me think. You know, Rod brought it up, and it's true. You could tell at times last year, once defensive coordinators had some film on Quinn and figured out, okay, this is how you can defend him, you saw him trying to process and really have trouble processing. And that's not to totally excuse like the footwork issues and the mechanical issues that we talked about with Quinn. I just wonder how much of the mechanical issues and the fundamental issues go back to having to process, and then once you process, you realize now the the clock in your head, you're rushed, and then you don't really get to set your feet and throw properly like you ideally would want to. So I think all of that stuff ties together. Your ability to process, your ability to anticipate, and then the footwork and all that stuff has to come with it. It's just, we talked about it before, it's just that nat, that slow burn that even the best quarterbacks we've seen in Texas go through. Vince went through it. Colt went through it. Uh, Sam went through it. Everybody goes through those periods where, Maybe you hit that wall and you're trying to figure some things out, but the really good ones, they clear that wall, and then they're off and running at some point. Uh, what's this next cut we got, Kim? The latest scrimmage standouts, I believe. Yeah, so there was some scrimmage stuff that went on last Saturday during the coaching clinic. Obviously, we talked about scrimmage coming up tomorrow, but this was Sark talking about guys during those scrimmage situations last Saturday who stood out. I think all in all, last Saturday went well. Uh, I think, first of all, we came out of it healthy, which is always a positive in spring. We want to tackle. We want to be physical. Um, but, you know, you, you're always mindful of, of, of injuries and, and what that could look like. I think that was that was the first part that that stood out to me. You know, I think I think inevitably um, I thought there was some real flashes in the past game. Um, I thought that that there were some things that we've been working on in the passing game that was really effective for us. I think Terrence Brooks was a guy that kind of stood out that that did some things last last Saturday that that showed up. Um, thinking through here of other things that JT Sanders um, was was good last Saturday and showed some things. But like I told the team, you know. 
I felt like we could have been better last Saturday and that, and that's my job, right. To say, Hey, as we continue to grow and go, I'm always got to push you. And I got to keep pushing these guys to new heights and new heights and new heights. And, you know, when I, when I told them when they came off the field, I said, Hey, we were good today, but we could have been better. Right. You guys have set a standard here that, that is very high and, and they've worked to create that standard. And now our job is to, meet that standard and then exceed it to create a new standard. And that was something I thought last Saturday where we could have went to another level and maybe we missed the mark just a hair, um, but that's going to, ha- it gives us another opportunity, you know, this Saturday uh, to see where, how far we can take it. I don't know why, but I thought of that old, that old bit Jimmy Johnson used to fall back on. And there's a couple coaches that I constantly reference uh, Jimmy Johnson and Bill Parcells are two guys that I, I worship at the football altar of both those guys. And I remember Jimmy talking about all the time, and Jimmy could really, you know, drive his team and drive them nuts, and that's why, you know, his he kind of burned out at places and, and wasn't in one place too long. But it's one of those deals. It's it's that prophecy of it, treat a person, you know, treat a person how they are, and they will remain as they are. Treat a person based on what they could be and should be, and they will become what they could be and should be. It seems like I don't want to psychoanalyze Sark Cam, but it seems like that's a little bit of what he's getting at. Am I wrong? No, I think you're right. Does it stem from, you think, his ties with, with Pete Carroll or possibly just both Pete and Nick Saban? Yeah, I I think at this point in his career, I think Sark is more, you still see a little bit of the Pete Carroll influence, and I think that will always be there. Sark is very much more, at th- this version of Steve Sarkeesian is much more a part of the, the Nick Saban coaching tree than he, he is the Pete Carroll coaching tree just based on the way he runs the program what the expectations are how he handles players just he still you still see signs of the Pete Carroll influence but I just feel like there's more Nick Saban influence on Sark at this point which which makes sense because he most recently worked for Nick Saban out of those two guys um this last cut is uh remind me what this last cut is Cam I I already forgot players earning playing time guys that are either either guys that are Getting you know getting themselves in a place for starting positions, I think is how the question was asked, or guys that are making moves up the depth chart, and a couple of interesting names that I think we've mentioned a couple of these guys already this week. I think one guy that stands out to me right now is Keaton me right now, Crawford, um, who um, w- tremendous special teams player for us a year ago. Um, you know, I, I think he was Big Twelve special teams player of the year. This guy was fantastic. Uh, he's playing. Re- really well at safety force right now. And he's communicating at a high level. He's making plays on the ball. He's playing fast. Um, he's definitely maturing. Um, so he's, he's one guy that definitely stands out to me. Um, another guy, another guy to me that, that kind of stands out are two guys that are in a healthy competition. I think DJ Campbell and Cam Williams, uh, they're both working hard on the offensive line and, and showing some positive things there. Um, and then I, I would say the 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 last guy that that makes sense to me that um, is definitely shown up a guy who wasn't a frontline starter for us a year ago, but I think is kind of assuming that role of that guy has been Byron Murphy uh, on the defensive line. Uh, he he's been a force uh, here early on in spring that uh, you feel his presence and he's tough to block. He um, he creates a lot of negative plays and in, in, uh, he's really strong at the point of attack. Yeah, that's what you like hearing about a defensive tackle. He's tough to block, creates a lot of negative plays. He's a problem. That isn't that shouldn't surprise anybody about Byron Murphy. The DJ Campbell and uh 
DJ Campbell, Cam Williams deal, that's interesting because, look, you can always use offensive line depth. I'll reiterate it, man. Texas was really lucky last year that you went all 13 games with the same five guys starting on the offensive line. And the only time you really needed to go in your bag for depth was the Baylor game when Cole Hudson got hurt and you had to have DJ Campbell finish that game out. Really fortunate to be as healthy as you were on the offensive line. But most years you're not going to be that healthy on the offensive line. You've got to have probably ideally like eight or nine guys that you trust to be starting caliber players. Now, is Texas going to get there by the end of the spring? Probably not. But if you can, I think if you can go into camp with like seven guys that you feel good about and maybe you're looking for those one or two more, you're in a much better spot where we've seen years where it's been, hey, there might be three guys you feel good about and you're looking for a lot more and you know that's not going to happen. So really like where the offensive line is. That's a tribute to Kyle Flood and the way they've recruited. The Keaton Crawford thing, Cam, is interesting because mm-hmm. he was a position conversion from corner to safety last year. Anthony Cook was at that safety next to Jaron Thompson. But what you've done now with Keaton Crawford working at safety, and you'll get Jalen Catalan back hopefully 100% healthy, ready to go by the time you get to camp, and that's the goal with Catalan. But Keaton Crawford now has been at safety and corner. Jade Barron's been at star and corner. you got several guys in that secondary now that have been able to cross-train positions. Gavin Holmes has worked at the star position and corner. Xavion Bryce has moved around a little bit. Austin Jordan's worked a little bit at the star. So the fact that you've been able to manufacture depth, you like that on the back end because that doesn't mean, okay, if so-and-so goes down, that means the number two field corner goes in. No, you can just take your next best defensive back shift some things around, and it's not like it's just a total mind-you-know-what for the guys that are on the field. You've got enough position flexibility that guys that have trained at different spots to where you feel like you can mix and match and really, at all times, have the best five or six defensive backs you can on the field, regardless of what their primary position is. Keaton Cropper is a name that I'm surprised to hear in the spring ball because last year, Jeff, after you made that switch, it just felt like, you know, like, he just didn't know what he was doing. Like he didn't. He couldn't. He couldn't grasp the the scheme that what PK and what Sark was asking him to do defensively. And, and it felt like you know possibly that by the end of spring ball he wouldn't even be on the roster anymore because he would be out of playing time. So to hear his name is is promising. It felt like a tale of two halves of spring ball for him last year. Like you heard about him competing with Jaron Thompson for the first half. Yeah, and then it was like by the end of spring, that field safety job was Jaron Thompson's. And we didn't, to your point, we didn't hear anything about Keaton Crawford pretty much from the end of spring ball all through last year. Like Sark said, he was a he was a core special teams guy and a good core special teams guy, but that was Jaron Thompson's job. But dig the fact that Keaton Crawford, again, a guy with position flexibility, position versatility, uh, is on the field at 